So, Tommy, today we're going to be going over what? <laughs> the way too early pre-draft rookie opinion of how we see, you know, tiers of players, guys we like guys. Ready, set, hike. listening to Dynasty Logics. All right, what's up guys? This is Bobby and Tommy and we're bringing to you episode 5 of Dynasty Logics. Cinco. So, Tommy. Yes. Today we're going to be going over what <laughs> the way too early pre-draft rookie opinion of how we see tiers of players, guys we like, guys we don't like. It's something to talk about. And honestly, I think it's very helpful to like have a, a board of tiers of players that you like before the draft and after the draft. It's a nice comparison I, to see where guys, you know, go up and down, you know, compared to, you know, where he got drafted too early, too late, you know, things like that. And we're gonna talk about, you know, different opinions. Like guys, I don't like certain archetypes of players. That I'm wrong about, but you know, it's still archetype. Archetype, um, we're going to be talking about archetype, right? We're going to talk about archetype. To me, I, I look at almost physical attributes like there's anomalies, but there's a certain size you can look at from every position as an average. Yes, there's variances, there's guys, you know, there's anomalies to every you know thing. There's a Deshaun Jackson, you know, for every you know, six foot three, you know, 212 wide receiver. There's one anomaly here or there, but you know, all so right, talk about stuff like that, you know. And so, like rookies. so this is the time of year where the where the where the analyst nerds come out to play and think that they're gonna, you know, recreate the wheel almost every year, and they bring out a bunch of weird fucking words like spark, arc, um, Mel Kuyper's significantly wrong on just about every class every year um and i think this year we're going to be breaking it uh break it down kind of a what's been your success over the years in drafting and kind of what what you can prepare yourself for no matter the class call the class blank what are you looking at to start off the year when you're breaking up the class like, well, is it always going to be first quarterbacks? Is it going to be first wide receivers, is, running backs? This is, is, is a loaded question. Um, That's why you love me. I do. I do love you. So, I mean, if you're asking me personally, like as a championship, you know, contender roster, all right, I'm looking at different players than a guy who's rebuilding, right? Because there's two philosophies that as a championship contender, I can take a more risky high ceiling player, right? Which I actually don't a lot of times. And if that player busts out with like the, you know, fourth or fifth or sixth pick in the first round, that's not going to hurt me as a championship team. If you're a rebuilding team and you have one first round pick and you're taking a high risk player, um, which I will tell you, I think Smith is, I think he's the perfect guy in this draft, uh, high risk, high reward. If you hit on him, great. You know, that'll jumpstart you. But if you bust out on him, that sets you back another year. I mean, unless you have multiple picks in the first round, then, you know, take two shots. 
absolutely. But it's, you know, it's that risk reward of what you're looking for and, you know, safety compared to high ceiling, position need, and value. You know, it's it, there's all kinds of weird variance logic, right? There's, it sure. dictates your league. Like, you know, look around, guys ahead of you in the draft, you know, stuff like that is, and guys you so, like. So, Tommy, I think this yeah. is where the beauty of it is, and it's going to be helpful for really both sets of, of listeners, whether you're uh, full championship mode and, and trying to create that edge, or honestly, if you're like myself, where you've gotten pretty close to the promised land, you haven't been able to cash in, uh, and you're in the middle of rebuilding your roster to try to go after that championship contender. I know I'm going to be looking at a draft one way, and potentially Tommy's going to be looking at it differently, and I think that's going to be the beauty of what it is that we talk about um, and why we're drafting guys. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's all kinds of philosophies on <laughs> and why you draft guys and why you don't. And I'm wrong about guys, and that's the thing. He's like, you're going to be wrong. Everyone's going to be wrong every once in a while. And honestly, one of my keys to success is as I I be able to minimize, you know, that wrongness. Right? Maybe I get one wrong here, but I get you know two or three right. Like you want to minimize how how wrong you are. But realistically, it's still fun. And I always tell people the same thing. Like. If you like a guy and you like him that much, go get him. Like, go trade up and get him. Like, you see something, and this guy's in a league who sees stuff that I don't see or I don't like, and, you know, and that's fine. They go get a guy, and they're right. That's great. You know, that's the thing. It's it's fun. And even if you're wrong, but you really like a guy, go get him. Like, whatever. You can talk about value and everything else, and that's right. But I've done that where I really like a guy, and you've done it where you're like, I don't care. I just want to go get the mm-hmm. guy, right? Like if you're right, you look awesome. If you're wrong, you're like, eh, well, I'll try again. And, and that's really it. I think last year, myself, I was uh, I was potentially higher on Judy than than others in the league um, and what we've played in other formats. But I was okay because that was the guy I wanted everywhere last year, no matter no matter what league I was in. Um, and you, and you know what's funny is you weren't wrong about him. He just landed in the wrong spot. That was it. If he landed somewhere else, you were right on the money. The talent's right. Right? So you're right on the talent. It's a spot. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I think taking what we're looking at right now at the beginning of the the draft before before the Underwear Olympics, before the – No Olympics. uh, No, no. No, no, actually, as of March – as of March third, yeah. Have you seen the the latest briefing? I, I, ha- I have, I have, I have not. I mean, it's it's a dog and pony show anyway. So it is a dog and pony show. It doesn't really matter to me. So what they're going to be doing is, as of March third, they've they've sent off a notice to uh, to league officials, GM, so on and so forth, saying that the combine's still going to happen, uh, but it's going to be a completely different format than than normal where the workouts are still going to be happening during the pro days, they're but they're still going, they're going to have to wear clothes this time. Um, no, I think that's still going to be limited. Um, and the mass mass will only be on as they are, uh, walking around, but they still release 300, uh, 300, uh, noted draft class prospects. Um, and I believe it's still happening in Indianapolis, but, uh, they haven't, set up the date yet 
Oh, there you go. It's something, something else there'd be, you know, for us to talk about variants. But I mean, that's something I don't hear huge, huge stock into. I mean, it's a decent gauge. I mean, you know, there's there's a few guys where you can see like the forty times. Obviously, the one thing you could probably look take away from that were, but even that, we've seen guys who play faster than they run faster and, and oh. stuff like that. Like that's one of the things you can. But but to me, that's that's where over the years. You know, trainers have taught them, top players, how to be better than they actually are. And I think uh, there was something that I was reading not too long ago where they're going to be looking at, you know, GPS metrics, in-game GPS metrics, more more so than they're ever going to be looking at um, something, you know, something like the combine now. Uh, as more and more GPS metrics are, are happening in real time, uh, you know, that's that's... Again, this is where the analyst nerds come out to play. You can do uh, all that stuff you want, but like, but can the kid play? Can the kid play? And like, and then you're gonna throw what? You know, 10, 20 pounds of pads and cleats on them. Like, throw that on them. Like, or, or, or pull like, you know, pull the uh, legendary Dion story. We basically like ran the forty in like a suit or something. Just got out, and walked out. Like, you know, like you know, run it normally. Run it in pads and, and equipment, not you know. Underwear pounds lighter, like yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, that's that's great. You're gonna be quicker, obviously, that way than you are, you know, in that performance. But you know, just a couple of players. You know, I I would tell you every year there's a few players who definitely you know move up and down draft boards because of forty times. All right, Tommy. Before we talk about this draft class, uh, success stories over the years. Do you have one success story for a draft where you looked at the guy before? Before the uh, before the draft happened, you kind of locked in on the guy. You're doing your research now, and you stuck with him, and he turned turns out to be a good player. Something. Um, I mean, I can give you one every year, but well, I mean, we, well, that's good. I, I mean, that that's yeah. a good turnaround. I mean, that's, there's there's other owners who who don't. Those- no, and I agree, and that's the thing. It's like you can find value in drafts. I mean, that's why I'm, you know that's probably why like I've always gone a little bit safer floor early in drafts because I feel like I can find more risk reward guys. Like last year, I, I took Gibson, right? And our league was like a fourth round, right? We're full IDP, two quarterbacks, mm-hmm. two tight ends. So guys like that will slip because linebackers go and tight ends and quarterbacks. So he slipped. Um, you know, I mean, a couple of years ago, Kenny Galladay, another fourth round guy. Yep. You know, again, you know, unknown player, kind of like that. I mean, I took Gronkowski, I think, in the third round. <laughs> I mean, you could you could hit on random guys like that here or there. I mean, but honestly, what you just said, like that's when I talk about going to get the guy you like. I tend to do that later in the mid rounds, where if it's wrong, it doesn't hurt me as much. I mean, I'm wrong too. You know, just a sale in the third round, yeah. Whatever, you know, it's it's fine. But like, but that bad one the next year, I took Gibson in the fourth, so that made up for it because I liked the guy and I wanted to get the guy. And it's cheaper for me to go take a shot in a guy I love and pay for that, you know, third or fourth round pick than it is for me to pay to try to go up, you know, four or five spots in the first round. And the guy doesn't hurt me as much. But it's you know that that those are guys you find later on that you. You know, the back pocket, you know, that's like a safety blanket. Like, you're like, okay, I don't get the wide receiver I'd like. You know, the three wide receivers like in the first round, if they come off the board, right, maybe I like these two guys later as sleepers that I could get cheaper and double down on them in the third or something. And that that makes sense. So I, I know over the years, 
I personally, you know, I would like to take the risk in the in the mid rounds, um, because I felt as if I was getting a better return. But in the, you know, your first and second pick, if you if you don't hit, it is it it's gut wrenching, and when you don't hit year after year, it becomes more and more uh, frustrating. And hopefully, there are more listeners out there than not who've not experienced that but i'll be the one to i'll be the first one to tell you for as many championships i've won redrafts uh and how i've done well on on a daily landscape the draft can sometimes be overwhelming and that's i think where now i've learned that it really isn't overwhelming if you go about it with a decent strategy and uh and just you know trying to make it easier than it should be be flexible right. be flexible if, you, if you're flexible and you have fun with the draft and, and and you're partly right like you know busting out in the first round yeah that that hurts people but it, it you know people and people look at that as like the gold standard of like oh you, you know like i was busting the first round well maybe he was but maybe you hit on the second round like you know, I, I would tell you, like, my point of view, like, I took Hilaire last year, right, in the first round. Right? It wasn't great, right? Didn't help me, like, that much. Right? So you can, you know, he's still a wait and see. I wouldn't call him a bust. But, I, you know, I overpaid high, you know, high in the draft to get him. But then I took Herbert in the second round. So you see what I mean? Like, I might bust out, you know, and, and maybe my first two picks bust. But maybe I get Antonio Gibson in the fourth. Like, as long as, in, if you're in your draft, if you can walk away at the end of the year with, two starters no matter what round you pick them in you're still winning like you're still winning you know i mean you know you would you like to hit you know later and then you know be crazy enough and smart enough to trade out of the first round pick up value yeah but as long as you're picking up a couple of starters every year in the draft you're all right no matter where they are you know mm-hmm. and that's why i tell people like you know even last year in the draft with you know the wide receivers the top six wide receivers i told every guy double down trade for two picks try to get two of them why? Why not? Why not? No, and that that was a that was a great strategy and one that I uh, that I took you up on, um, where like there were in multiple drafts I got Judy and Jefferson, and, and that's why wasn't too happy. That's why Judy doesn't hurt you, right? Because nope. you had Jefferson, and then you still have Judy, who they get a solid quarterback play. I think he'll pan out fine. Right, but you mm-hmm. got one, and then you could have two. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so that's the kind of draft you want. You know, it, you don't have to do it in the first round, but if you can do that throughout the draft, where you get a guy who showed flashes, and then a guy who produced, you're like, okay, well, that's good. You know, the guys who try to look on. I know our drafts run, you know, seven rounds, you know, seventy players, but you know, as long as you hit on, you know, seven picks in a draft. If I hit on two and I get two starters that's that's great you know these guys who want to hit on every pick in the draft like okay good luck to you like you know you're well that's that's an impossible feat i i mean if if you if you walk out and if you walk out with the expectation that you're going to hit a home run every time what's going to happen you're probably striking out every time but if you go in you study a pitcher i know i'm going with a baseball uh analogy right now but if you study a picture <laughs> it's spring training you can do it yeah you know just fucking keep making the hacks and and straighten out your fucking straighten out the hit man 
we'll eventually get something. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully, I mean, you know, but that's, but that's where, that's where I think the balance is of like, you know, if you're taking, you know, five draft, five draft picks and you're taking every one of them as a high ceiling guy, like, I would tell you that maybe you should take three high ceiling guys and two safe floor guys. Like, you know, that's where I think like you should, you know, we got guys in the draft who take all high ceiling guys and like, if they hit on one of those, they can hit on one high ceiling guy and win. Whereas if maybe I take, you know, only two high ceiling guys and three floor guys and I hit on my three floor guys, like I have to take more on the floor guys. You know, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like the floor guys so who, are more base. Who have been some of your floor guys over the years that have helped you build a championship roster? Oh, that's it. Oh, wow. Floor guy who's helped me build a championship roster. Because when you think of floor, you're probably thinking more more of a depth piece than no, a no, than I'm, a, I'm just thinking on worst case scenario, they're still they're still productive, right? On worst case scenario, right, they're still gonna produce something like for me. Gibson's a perfect example. Like I thought Gibson had an amazing floor, right? I wasn't sure how they were gonna use him because you know they used him a lot in college for different things. I wasn't sure if he was gonna be the third down back even a slot receiver, or he was going to be able to handle big carries. Like, I wasn't sure, but I knew he was going to get touches, right? So his floor was he was definitely going to get touches. Whereas if you look at a guy like um, who kind of went in that same round, like a Duvernay, right? Right, Duvernay went in the same kind of draft area as Gibson last year. High floor, explosive wide receiver, big play wide receiver. But his floor, as we saw last year, is rock bottom, can't play him. Like, unplayable is his floor. Right, so that's it's all a guessing game, honestly. But like that's stuff that you know that I look at, and you know sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but you can find those guys in certain situations. You know, it all depends. I mean, it all depends on team. You know, and 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 play. But Gibson's a guy I liked this time last year because of the talent and the versatility, and the landing spot helped. Right, I mean. That helps or it hurts. I mean, and that's where I think you know this is why why you're looking at the rookies this early, right? Just to get that kind of base base understanding of what you think they can be doing, and then you reassess and clean up your draft board after the after that class's uh, draft happens. Speaking of draft class, so what is uh what's what's your draft class look like right now? Who who, who you like on this draft? Um, yeah, we're so gonna, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk two tight end, two quarterback league that we're in with full IDP. Right? Exactly, okay. and so glad you touched upon that. Um, you know, some of the things that I'm looking at right now, um, I I did break off some of the class into tiers. Um, so right now my first. 20 players and I'm not going to give you 20 uh but I have give me five will you all right my tier one guys you know that's that's your chalk Trevor Lawrence Chase Justin Fields out of Ohio State uh the kid Travis do you know how to pronounce his last name out of Clemson a team Etienne Etienne uh and um, I would say Kyle Pitts is my my number five this year. Okay, 
All right, so I can I can I can see that. So you got so you got you got you got Lawrence, right? And then you got you got Jamal Chase, right? Is your number two? Yes. Okay, and then you got Justin Fields, your three. Right. Three. Travis Travis Etienne, right? As number. As four. the four. As your first running back, and then Pitts as number five, right? As as five. Okay. And you could put you could put Harris out of Alabama right there as well. Or maybe you even put Smith and Moore there, you know, and that's where that that's where the cusp between one and two uh, is for me. Huh. Okay, interesting, interesting. Uh, I, I'll agree with the top couple you got there, um, but again, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of risk in that second tier that you know we're not going to get to. I mean, I I agree. I mean, Lawrence is the one. I mean, if you're in a two quarterback league, superplex league, I mean, you take you're taking Lawrence, or you're, or you're trading the pick if you don't need the quarterback for a boatload. Um, and honestly, I got Fields too. I got Fields too because I, I just think he's. It's funny because he he gets a lot of knocks, and a lot of people have had him a lot of rankings and productions. You see, have him down, and I think that's funny because because maybe because he's old school. He's like, I look at him like almost like a Matt Ryan. Like he's a pocket passer. It doesn't have the intangible. It seems like everyone has, but guys like Lance and, and Wilson. Um, but I think he's the safe. I think he's my number two safest guy. Um, and, and honestly, you're gonna laugh about this. I mean, it. I think the three safest guys in this Drucky class are Lawrence, Fields, and Pitts. All right. You can sell me Chase, and I have Chase ranked third. Right. And honestly. I have Pitts ranked fourth, right? Because I think he's that safe. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, he's getting the baby Gronk moniker right now, and I don't know if you'll agree with that statement, but that's the moniker that's being given to him. Well, it's funny because that I've I, I read that and I saw that, but people forget, like, Gronk missed a year in college, wasn't a great producer in college, had that back problem, missed a lot of time. Like, this kid's a different animal. Like, this this kid's just, a, you know, I think he's a different kind of... <laughs> You know, modern. I mean, I, I mean, the talent, the talent's there. So I think he's got a really safe floor. Right? The I talent's think, there. You know, could you, you see him in the four? top three? Could of you a, see him in the top a, three this year? Of a rookie draft? Mm-hmm. In a tight end premium? I could mm-hmm. see it. I wouldn't have a problem. I could too. I mean, I, you know, he's somebody, I mean, because I think, I think there's more talent at other positions. Like, I think there's depth at wide receiver that you can get value later on. And I think running back is similar too. Whereas you talk about, you know, Travis Etienne and, and even Harris, I don't even have either of those guys as my top running back on my board. So <laughs> actually all the running backs, you name like three or four running backs, none of those guys are the top guy on my board. I think there's depth there too. So I think if you needed a tight end and you're in a two tight end premium and, and you don't get, you know, Lawrence or Fields, it's a safe pick. But I wouldn't, you know, if you argue with me about taking Chase, I'm not going to argue that factor at all. I mean, it, you know, I mean, it all depends what you look. I mean, upside, I mean, swing the home runs. I mean, people are going to tell you in a two-quarterback league, you might take a, another quarterback. You might take, you know, Lance or Wilson at three. I wouldn't so, put that risk. But So so after the third pick in the first round, if, yep. you're, if, you're, a, if you're an owner that's got that four, five, six, seven spot or even later into the first, what are you? What are you taking, doing? Are you I'm trading taking, back? No, I'm taking Chase. I mean, honestly, I would take Chase probably three. You know, I, 
I think Chase and Pitts are at three, four, right? So uh, that's that's the four that I feel com- I feel very comfortable with taking any one of those four guys, right? But after that, the fifth guy. That's where it's like that's all on preference of where you think a guy is and and talent. Like I got Williams, I got Javante Williams out of North Carolina. He's the he's the guy. I I like him a little bit better than the other three backs, you know, that people, that people like, and that's, that's fine. I like him a little bit better than Ethion and I like him better than Harris. Um, so that's why I think, you know, you can get a little bit more value. And I think it's, it, to me, it's those five, five guys that I like. And after that, yes, if I'm at the six pick, I'm trading down, I'm trading down <laughs> similar. I mean, unless you love a guy, like I said, if you love a guy here, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm not knocking, you know, Harris or Etienne. Like, they both have talent and skills. Uh, they also have concerns that I don't need to take when I can take a guy like maybe like a Williams a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Well, so to your point, Tom, we're having some technical difficulties. I don't know if you can hand me right now. Technical difficulties, I can hear you. Don't worry about it. You know, you know, that's fine. Why Bobby's fixing his stuff? I mean, I'll tell you this. I mean, I don't have a knock on people taking Smith. You know, I think Smith is a is a complete talented guy. I mean, the playmaking ability. I mean, it it's all there. I mean, I have concerns with the size. You know, and I've seen his weight from one sixty to one seventy five. And it, it could, he could be the anomaly. Like, he could be, like, a, a Tyreek Hill kind of guy. I Absolutely. But am I willing to take that risk on the fifth or sixth pick? I don't, I don't, I don't know if I am. I don't know if I am because I think there's a couple of guys like that, you know, who are, you know, kind of in that same boat. Are very, you know, there's very explosives. You know, Moore is very explosive. Um, I think there's a, there's a big group of a very, very explosive wide receivers who all have one thing in common, they're small, you know, which is great, and isn't, but it's also an anomaly. I mean, the guys who produce in the NFL, you know, find me a bunch of guys who produce in the NFL who are, you know, six feet or under and under 200 pounds, like, you know, 5'10 guys, six feet, 170, 160. You're going to have a hard time. You're going to find me one, you know, maybe once a year, maybe once every two years. But like that's the anomaly, you know. That's the ten percent out of the hundred percent at the other, at the other side. That stuff I don't like to take, but I would. I mean, if I'm a contender and you're like, I really like Smith, go take Smith. If he if he turns into like, you know, a Tyree Kill or you know, a, a great explosive wide receiver, bonus for you. If you're a building team, the same thing. If you hit on him, great. But if you you know, but just know that there's a concern there, right? There is a concern, like. He's not a guy who's just going to rely back on like a Mike Evans who can just mm-hmm. sit in the red zone and out muscle people. Like, you know, you got to get the ball in his hands. Like, and I think there's a, a bunch of these receivers who, yeah, if you get the ball in their hands, they're going to change the game. They're absolutely going to destroy you. And if you can get them in the right system, and I'll keep going back to, you know, Tyreek Hill, I mean, Deshaun Jackson is the same kind of player. If you have the right system and team and quarterback and you can feed a guy like that, through the roof. If you don't, I mean, look at like Marquise Brown, right? He's another guy, same kind of player, right? But 
Lamar Jackson doesn't consistently throw 10 targets to him. Right? Mm-hmm. But if you put him on a team where he did see 10 targets a game, he, I think he would be like that kind of explosive player. So, I mean, that's where landing spot kind of variances for some of those guys who are very explosive in, you know, in the tier that I think is a group of them. And I, you know, obviously Smith, I think, leads that group of... Um, so, so Tommy, yeah. I got a question for you. I'm going to shout out a, shout out a name um, and let me know if you've done done any homework on the guy yet. Uh, the kid Bateman. Bateman. Nice. Bateman is the guy I like. I like mm-hmm. Bateman. Um, um, Does he go in the first round, or I, I see him in the, I I see him, I see him um, in the second. Well, if you're asking me personally, I would take him. I have him ranked higher than most people, mm-hmm. um, because I think he's a safer floor, and because when we talked about archetype, right. That's an archetype of player that I like. I'm a big, big receiver guy, right? I'm a Mike Evans, does Bryant kind of guy. I want that 200-pound guy. I want the 6'2", six, six, two, 200-pound guy. Is it safer? Yeah, those guys bust out too, though. It's not one of those things. But mm-hmm. those are guys that, you know, that I've that I've liked, that I take. And he has that size, you know, size kind of speed ability where he has that potential. Bateman intrigues me uh, not only for his size, but – Route running. Everything that I'm reading about him is that his he's he's sharp with with the playbook, understands his routes, and is really hard off his cuts. So, when the you know, and he's got good hands. You know, so you know, funny. Who does he sound like from last year's draft class? Lamb player. No, no. Jefferson. Yes. Yep. Right. Same type of player. Mm-hmm. No, Lamb was always super explosive, and I was on the radar. But Jefferson was one of those guys who. If you we talked about this time last year at the same time, mm-hmm. Jefferson was in a similar range to where Bateman is. Like you know, one dude. So he was in that same range where he was like you know the fifth, sixth kind of quarterback. I mean, wide receiver. He jumped up a little bit on draft position, but I think closer to the draft, I think people dug a little bit more into him. So I bring him up because to me, this is a guy that I would have probably had in the mid first round. And I would have been okay with taking. I just don't know if that's too early for him. Well, I mean, on my personal wide receiver board, I have Bateman as my number two wide receiver. I would take Chasen and Bateman. Okay. As a a safe floor. But again, you can say, hey, well, you know what? You're overlooking, you know, Smith and Waddle and more. And you're right of all three of them. All three of those guys are insanity with balls in the hands. Like you get the ball in the hand and the guy can literally bust it for 70 yards. All three of those receivers. This the size concerns me with Smith at 6'1, 175 on soaking wet days. Um, you know, he's quick, but the 175 does not translate well in the NFL. Well, and so the, and that's what I'm saying about that whole tier that I just talked about. Like, you know, Jalen Waddle, right? 5'10, 182. Right, Rondell Moore, right? Guy's insanity with ball in his hand, right? Just tears people apart. 5'9", 180. Those work, but that needs volume. And I need to get you the ball in your hands, and there's no floor as a bigger receiver. Like, you know, Smith is, it might be, Smith is the anomaly in this one because he plays physical. Like, he doesn't play weak. He can play physical, and he can take, you know, the beating, um, you know, 
Smith just has that huge risk reward to me that I'm not taking. Like he's the huge upside guy. You know, he's the guy who, you know, could be, you know, could be your Michael Thomas, right? Or, or honestly, like, you know, he could be like a Bashad Perryman. I mean, you know, he's got stuff that, you know, is, is awesome to see, but then he's got stuff concerning, you know, he's got, you know, I mean, I'm not an analytics guy and, but I look at it and read it. I mean, his breakout his 30% senior, you know, final year breakout. That concerns me about the jump that he had to have because he couldn't take the field because the other receivers couldn't outproduce. You know, maybe. And he plays on Bama, gets a little bit more. Um, but he's got a huge upside. I mean, don't get me wrong. He could be the best player in this draft. Or you could be like, God, I can't believe I took that guy two years later. That's a risk I'm not taking. Like, if right. he's fallen at the back of the first round, well, then you got to take him just for value. But even at that point, I'm probably drafting him and flipping him to somebody I think likes him. <laughs> <laughs> but all of well, the guys are the I, same. And that's, and that's where I talk about like value. Like, you can tell me that, you know, oh, I, well, I like Smith. I'm like, okay, well, if you like Smith, then you probably like Rondell Moore. And you probably like, you know, Jalen Waddle. Well, well, if I'm happy, if I like all three of those guys, like, do I really care which one? Um, not particularly. I mean, they all, you know, they do different things. I mean, I think Smith is obviously, like I said, he's the pinnacle of the guys. But I think Rondell Moore is like, you know, he's he's a physical, smaller guy who can do a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of stuff in the backfield. You know, they're just explosive. They're game-changing kind of guys. But, you know, I think those guys, honestly, those are kind of team-oriented where if they land in the right team in the right spot, yeah, they could be something. But this time of year, you know, they're not they're not the risk that I see, you know, taken at that position because that's not a particular archetype of a safe it's not a safe floor for that archetype of position. But you know So if there's somebody still in that second tier uh that we haven't mentioned yet, um that I think should be getting mentioned probably for that second round pick. Uh, if you're in an IDP league, I think it's going to be Parsons. I think it's only Parsons. Oh, you're, you're right. You're right. Uh, second round. Eh. Yeah. I mean, he probably goes I mean, yeah, an IDP league. I think, he, I mean, I think he might get pushed down to the bottom of the second round, top of the third, because I think there is, there's a lot. There's enough in that class. There's a lot of depth but, in the talent. Like I just said, I mean, I, you know, there's five, six, you know, five, six receivers, you know, I mean. You know that I like, you know, it's two quarterbacks. But everyone, you know, every projection and everyone you, you you read and see tells you know there could be four quarterbacks drafted in the NFL first round. Well, it's a mm-hmm. quarterback league, so you're going to see at least four quarterbacks go right in the first two rounds of the draft. So that's going to push stuff back. Um, and I think there's you know decent running back depth. You know, at least in the top, uh, you know, four or five. I mean, I think there's I think there's four you know really solid running backs, and then a lot of really good potential running backs depending on where they land. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll talk about IDP. I mean, he, I, in my mind, it's like him, and then I think everyone else is like situation. I mean, we're just talking linebacker specifically, but I mean, there's a couple. It, it is situational, but I think Browning will be in your in your third as well, third third to fourth round. Um. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could, I could, uh, I could, I could see. Sell me, sell me on him. Sell me on him as a third round pick. I, I again, I'd see him closer to, closer to the back end of the third, 
really? mid fourth. Really? I don't have them that high, but I guess in the right situation, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you thought the you know the Eagles who don't have a middle inside linebacker or like. Maybe like Detroit, or really knows Jamie Collins. If he falls in a spot where they don't really have anybody, and he walks into that role, sure. But I think there's a few linebackers like him, like you know, Xavier Collins is similar. Um, you know, um, there's a couple other guys that I like. Um, even uh, people like Dylan Moses. I don't know about his coverage. Um, actually, a guy I like is uh, Chad Sherat. Same situation. Like I think there's a a, a good core of linebackers. That if they land on a right team with the right scheme and they walk into a job, yeah, they could be really good. But those are all guys who, you know, have to land almost in the right spot. Whereas Parsons, whoever drafts Parsons is a standout. It doesn't I mean, matter where he goes. I I'm think he's going to be. I'm a, not saying. I'm not saying he is Luke Keekley, but you kind of get that vibe when you look at him, like yes. Blake Martinez kind of guy, like a guy who's like he's going to show up every day and put in work. Like the guys who's going to show up and. And do it and do his job, and you put him in there, and you don't have to worry about him, right? So that's where he's going to go, um, and that's why this time of year is fun to look at guys like that because it's nice to have that separation of like, okay, well, team oriented, it doesn't matter where he goes. Whereas like the linebackers that we kind of like touched on a little bit, like I think it's some of those guys depend. Like, you know, we might see him as inside linebacker, and everyone else might see him, but the team who drafts him wants to use him as outside. Well, that changes everything. I mean, you'd be surprised that teams can ruin a player because they don't use them right or put them in different schemes. You know, that changes variance on, you know, a player with different skills um, on different teams. You know? And that's why it's, you know, it's good to look at stuff before the draft and then, you know, have an idea of like, oh, I like this guy here. Did he move up, move down? Like, why did he move up and move down, you know, in your mind? Um, so I, I, one of the reasons why I... I like Browning is more so for his size and speed than anything else. He could be outside or inside. Uh, most things I'm reading is that he'll end up going to the inside uh, and end up and based off of that situation where he gets drafted and if he fits in the right scheme, I think he's one of the, the defensive guys that I'm looking at a little bit closer in this class. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I got him. I got him. My, you know, he's in my top five. Hey. You know, he's top five linebacker. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, but I think he's in that group of uh, of the couple of guys that I made. I think, you know, I think even, you know, Savion Collins out of, out of Tulsa, you know, he could play outside or inside. So that depends on him. But he's a talented guy, you know. You got the kid Bolton and uh, the kid out of Notre Dame that I can't pronounce. Um, yeah. Wusa, Wusa, yeah. Kura, Mua. Uh, I love yeah. Samoan tacklers. Love Samoan Samoan tacklers. No, I mean, you know what? It's funny because I mean, I like the I like I like them too. I don't like them as much. I I don't have them that highly ranked, honestly. I don't I don't have him in my top ten. I don't think honestly, because um, I think there's a lot of guys who could land in good spots, linebacker wise, that could be a little bit better. Like you know, Monte Rice out of Georgia. You know, another I guy. Like Rice. That, you know, it, it could be a solid player. I mean, even a deeper guy like a Riley Cole. Uh, South Alabama, small school guy, but like he's a, he's a, he's a tackler. Like the guy finds his way around the ball. He, you know, he, he's a guy who tackles. Like you know, but where are they going to put him? Like you know, he's the guy where if, you know he could play outside, or you know, if he got a little bit of more coaching, you know, maybe he could play inside, and that's a key variance. I mean, 
you know, Patty, Patty Fisher's another guy I like out of Northwestern, right? Same thing. Good speed, good size, relentless tackler. Like the guy just tackles like everything. Like flashy, no, but he just tackles anything that comes near him. Um, and there's one more guy like it's Tony Fields out of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Right? Another guy, right? Um, but I think those guys depend, you know, on where they go so, and use them. So, you know, maybe maybe Colin Kid. Uh, again, I, I was telling you how much I enjoyed the Smoans. Um, let me just give you a quick stat because it's fun. He was a four six forty, and then had a thirteen ten SAT score. The kid's bright too, and he's more so a safety. But that's that new hybrid where they want you to cover all over the field, but still tackle anything that's coming in front of you. That's why I'm, I'm thinking. If you can get them into the later rounds and that fourth or fifth round, I think you got a nice, you got a nice pickup. You, you, you're saying he could be a value Justin Simmons from last year, right? Is that who it was from last year? Went to Arizona. Who was the guy? Was it Simmons or Timmons? Is it Timmons? Anyways, you know, yeah, that that kind of player. That's what you're telling me. He's that kind of player where he could be somebody like that because he plays all over the field. Exactly. I, I think. So he reminds me of of uh, Keanu Neal, actually a lot of Keanu Neal. No, we're talking which line. I personally, no, we're talking if linebacker here, right? We're talking linebacker again. But this is where this is where I've you and I over the years have found some pretty good quality safeties in in the draft. And if you're playing IDP, you know there are some safeties that put up phenomenal numbers. So you know. Um, so uh, ridiculous. I think depending on where he gets slotted, where he gets put into play, um, you know, he's just, he's a guy on my watch and it's further down the road. And, um, you know, I know we're jumping from first to second class into a little bit of defenders, but honestly, it's one of the reasons why I love IDP. I love watching defenders play the game too, and they could get you some serious points. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, they absolutely can. You can usually, you know, you can find just, you know, there's always different ways to find IDP. I mean, you know, you can, you can draft a solid, you know, you can draft a solid Parson guy, you know, in the early rounds, you can find, you know, some value on some guys later on. Um, well, you can always find guys in the waiver wire. I'm like IDP. Yeah. IDP is one of those fun things that you can, you can, you can land guys and you can attack it a little bit different way. Um, and you always get that bonus because you always got a couple owners who kind of overlook it, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit more, like kind of like ignore it a little bit. Um, and you can kind of get that value and focus if that's, uh, you know, if that's the need you have. And that's one of those positions. Like you said, it's one of those fun things you can dive into. So I think with with this, you know, with this episode, we were really just kind of giving you um, – a, an overlook of what this class has and Tommy what are your what are your thoughts of this class as a collective are you trading back you you trying to what are you trying to do with this class this year um I'm I'm either trading up for my guy or I'm trading back a little bit because I think there's value I mean mm-hmm. I think the top you know four or five players that we talked about I mean if you're trading up, you'll get Lawrence or Chase or Fields or Pitts. Go for it. Like, go for it. 
Um, even you can even tell me that you're trading up to Smith, and I'm wrong about Smith. Absolutely, go for it because he's got huge upside. Absolutely, I'm not taking that risk, but I understand it. But after no that, matter what, of, I think there's a lot of similar players. Like, I mean, and you can even you could even sell me like you could sell me more, I guess, in the same tier because he's got that huge explosive upside. But I think there's a lot of similar guys like that. Um, you know, depending on what you look for and what you like. And the bottom line is, if you like a guy, go get a guy. Like, if you really want a guy. Took the words right out of my mouth. Go get your guy, like, right or wrong. I mean, and I laugh. I talk about this all the time, the guys in the league, um, you know, especially because I win and and I'm the commissioner of these leagues. But every season, you know, I I call guys and I said, hey, you know, you had a nice season. Guys like, I lost. I said, yeah, but you know what? You were right on this player. Like, I called a guy last year. He lost in the finals. We all broke it down. I said, Dude, I was wrong about Acres because he produced me at the end of the season. You were right. I said, you should be happy about that. I said, I was wrong. You stuck to your guns and you got guys. Like that's that's a moment, that's a thing in Dynasty where I love and I think other people should appreciate. Like, okay, you might have not won, but like, you know, you hit on one or two guys that guys didn't see, right? You you got a guy that everyone was like, eh, I don't really like the guy. Like, you know, Smith, for example, like Guy in my league could be like, oh, I heard you on the podcast. Like, you don't like Smith? I'm going to take him. And then in a year, rub it in my face. And I'll be like, I was wrong. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that's a good feeling to have in Dynasty. Like, it's one of those fallbacks you can have about, well, you know, my team didn't produce so well, but it's getting a little bit better. But I'm like, oh, you hit on picks? Like, and I'm the biggest proponent of guy in our leagues. Like, I'm the guy who backs people going, that was awesome that you hit on that pick. Like, hey, that was a good move. Hey, that was a good trade. Like, I, I do a lot of that in our leagues to remind people that it's fun. Like, and you should be happy, you know, to, you know, be getting better. Where, especially newer guys in the dynasty, like, and I say it all the time, it's, it's chess, not checkers. But a lot of guys try to play checkers. Like, they all want instant gratification. I'm like, slow progression. I'm like, hit on a couple of draft picks. Like, that's awesome. Like, a year and a half, you'd be right back in it. Like, don't be, you know, hang your head and stuff like that. And it's fun. Like, everyone wants to hit on guys that nobody saw. Like, and that's my joy about, Find mm-hmm. guys later in the draft. You know, those guys so, so there are guys that we uh, we've we've kind of gone around the board. Haven't really gone into definitive, uh, except that that first first top five. Are there people that you want to jump into for another another batch of into that second second tier guys? I know we were talking about the wide receivers a little bit longer. Well, I mean, the next guy, I mean, after the first, you know, after the first three, four guys, right? So after, you know, after Chase, Pitts, Fields, and Lawrence, um, I got Williams. I like Williams, the the running back out of North Carolina. I Mm -hmm. I actually, I have him rated number one on my board of running backs. um, Because I I just think, again, you know, maybe his floor is a little bit safer to me. Right? Travis Etienne is a guy who, honestly, I look at him, I'm like, this kid could be Kamara, right? But then he could be, you know, a Naheem Hines, right? So am I taking a Naheem Hines in the first round? Probably not, right? But Kamara, yeah. But I think he has that, you know, you know, that window. He could be this or that. And I, and I think the same thing for Harris. Like, I think, you know, you could look at Harris and be like, big size, guy runs downhill. You could be like, okay, Derrick Henry. Yeah, he could be Derrick Henry. But he also could be Jordan Howard, right? And that's honestly a fear I have with him. Whereas Williams, I don't have as much fear with because he put up really good numbers. 
and a timeshare. He split carries with uh, with the other guy who I got, you know, who's ranked in the top five right there. Um, the other kid on North Carolina right there. I just lost his name. That would be that Carter. Yeah, thank you, Carter. Yeah, the Carter. Who I like too. You know, Carter's another guy um, where they split basically almost a 50-50 share. Um, you know, and and they're two different backs. You know, Carter is a more explosive kind of like Etienne kind of back. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Williams is again, Williams is my kind of archetype guy, right? He he he's a do it all kind of back where he's not like the big back. He's not the super quick back. But you can see him getting a three-down roll and you know handling the volume. Like, you know, he could be like um, like a Joe Mixon, right? A flashy, but when Mixon's healthy and he runs the ball, right, he's solid, right? Same kind of player. Um, and I, I just think he has a safer floor of of uh, of the running backs that I'm willing to take in that position. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, all three of those guys are going to go in the first round of rookie draft. Would I be mad, you know, if I end up at the bottom of the round and like, you know, Harris or Etienne or Carter's there? Probably not. Um, Carter's the one I'm probably 50-50 on at the bottom of the first round. Um, but I see the upside. I see the upside. I could see him in the uh, in the in the second though too. Yeah, I mean, it all depends. I mean, you know, the problem is, is like you get needs, you got needs, and you don't, you, mm-hmm. know, you don't want to take risk on guys later on in the in the in the draft. I mean, I a hundred percent get that. That's that's fine with me. You know, if you want to take that, I I think there's other backs just like him. Honestly, that's the reason why I talk about value. Like, I just don't see the value in taking a guy like him that early because I think I can get similar kind of players a little bit later um, and take a bigger risk on, but I see the upside, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like anything else. And everyone else sees, you know, see stuff different and see something fun and see something out there. And it depends on your league. Like maybe your league takes, you know, maybe the guys who draft behind you all are taking running back. So then maybe you got to take Smith. And that's the thing to talk about, you know, tiers and value and the word I, we won't, you'll really hear us use rankings. That, that's all that's all league dependent variance of like what mm-hmm. your does, owners does, scoring rules and stuff like that. And that's why we'll, a lot of times we'll talk about tiers, like that tier break of like, all right, this is the guys that, you know, and obviously I'll talk about floor and ceiling about, all right, these are the safe guys, you know, and in that second tier, I'll have a mix of both. Like that second tier, I have, you know, I have Williams and Smith, right? So I have, you know, a high floor, low ceiling guy. Like, you know what I mean? And the same thing with Bateman. He, he's in that second tier for me where I think he's the floor guy, you know, where, where uh, you know, Smith is, is, is right there with the same thing. I mean, you know, Rondell Moore, same thing, risk reward guy. Um, but I think there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of depth afterwards. I mean, especially at wide receiver, I think there's a real, even at running back, I think there's guys out there who you can go get. I mean, a guy who is highly touted, who looks like he kind of like slipped a little bit. I'm curious about his uh, Chubba Hubert, right? Well, he was like the big guy like a year, year and a half ago where he went off, mm-hmm. right? He was going to come out and he didn't come out, right? Oh, he's going to be a block, right? I mean, look where he is now. Like he's, where's he going to go? Like second round probably? Like bottom second round maybe? Yeah, and, but see, that's still a guy that if you're taken in the second round, I'm happy with that. Maybe even third. If I, oh, if, I round, round, if I if I could grab him in the third, if I could get him in the third, yeah. 
if I could get him in the third, I'm pretty excited. If I could get him at the back end of the second, um, I'm still not upset about it. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I would tell you, I got him. I mean, he's in my top 10 running back. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, he's, he's in the top 10. You know, he's, you know, in that, I got him in that seven, eight, nine range. So, yeah, top, yeah third round, I'm, yeah, I'm all in. Second round, again, I think there's, I think there's a group of talented running backs that you can take shots on um, that, you know, that I like. I mean, you know, a guy like, you know, Trey Sermon, you know, Jamal Jefferson. Um, well, this guy, the guy Steve Jefferson, Hassan. I'm really intrigued by. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he, he he's another guy who's uh, again, you know, very similar to you know, there, there's a lot of talented running backs, right? And and this is the thing we laugh about running backs, but and it's one of those I call it necessary evil, like you have to have them, but it's that weird pay up for the top guy or like find value. I mean, you look at it every year, I mean. Gibson was a good value, but Robinson was the value of the draft, right? I mean, the year before you had Travis, you know, you had uh, Lindsey, right? Undrafted. Like every year there's a guy later on. There's usually like one or two guys like later on that you can find in, in value, right? And there's also guys who bust out early who you're like, eh, well, he didn't really work out, did he? Um, so it's that trade off of where you want. But that's, I mean, in those situations, I'm taking volume in the mid round. Like maybe I, I I don't love first round running backs, right? Or I don't maybe I don't get Williams, right? And I don't love the rest. So maybe I'll trade back and try to get, you know, two third round picks and now double down on running back in that round, right? Maybe I maybe I double down and try to get, you know, two backs that I like instead of like trying to trade up and overpay to try to get the one back I did or force to take one of the other backs that I have questions about. What like, I have questions okay. about these guys, like why am I going to pay for them at that price? All right, so I'm I'm going to throw uh, bring it Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, I like Gainwell. Nice, that's a good one. I like Gainwell. He's the guy. I like he's my top ten. Uh, I, I like I like I like Gainwell. But again, I think Gainwell is one of those guys I, I have I have very similar to Carter. Like he's a little smaller back. Right, you know, he's like he's like five eleven or something. Maybe call him close to six feet, one ninety something. You but know, he could catch explosive. too. He's electric. He, he could. I, I, he, he's one of the guys that I'm. You know, if I can, if I can grab him at the top of the second, I am, I'm happy with. But I think he's going in the first round. So let me, let me, really, maybe, really, wow, maybe. Again, different archetypes. You like those backs, right? You like those smaller backs. You like those smaller PPR backs, right? I would tell you that, you know, that Gainwell, I would actually probably take um, Kylan Hill, kid from Mississippi State. I actually might take him over him. Well, this is, I mean. But a 10, landing position. I mean, that that all depends. But again, archetype. Like, Hill's a bigger back, right? And that's Mm -hmm. the archetype I like, you know. 511215. Like that's a that's a guy I like a little bit better because but it he's different. The bigger backs are different because they have to have a three down role. Right. So that's the split of uh, people talk about like safety. Well, those smaller backs are just as safe nowadays as the bigger backs are. Like they're honestly the same because like those smaller backs can be used in any system, right? Whereas a lot of the bigger backs, like they need three down rolls. Like a two down roll is not gonna cut it. It's just not gonna cut it. You know what I mean? Like, 
So you need those guys. And that's the difference of how the NFL has changed. Where back in the day, like if you had these smaller backs, they had to be in a team that used that guy. Now everyone uses, a, you know, a guy in the backfield mostly, right? So they can be useful in any single team. Um, and I think there's a bunch of running backs like that. There's a bunch of like you can go, you can go Trey Sermon, Iowa State. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of this this running back class is awesome for people like me and you because there's a there's, mm-hmm. a there's a whole group of really big, you know, bigger backs who could be three down roll guys, and then there's a whole bunch of like versatile, smaller, explosive guys. So whatever you like as running back type, archetype, there's a bunch of them in this draft, which is fun. That is, I mean, the more I look at it, I'm like, this is great. And the more I read about it, that's why I would probably trade down almost at running back mm-hmm. because I might be able to take two. Maybe I can take a, you know, maybe I can take a guy like, uh, you know, you know, Gainwell, you know, and, and I can, you know, I can take both of them. Like, and I can be like, yeah. all right, well, let's take Gainwell and Hill instead of me taking, you know, Etienne. You know what I mean? So. Because I think there's those two archetypes, and there's a lot of them in this draft. But landing spot matters, you know, on on some of these guys, and um, you know, there's a there's a bunch of them. The kid Stevenson, I like out of Oklahoma, big back though. You know, you know what I mean? Like, well, I know you you were talking about Herbert as well, and uh, you know, that's where I, <laughs> there's a there's a lot of talent in this class, and this is going to be where I think what any owner, no matter what uh, what they're attempting to do, is figure out what it is that you like and go get your guy. You know, that's really what it's going to boil down to. Um, go get the guys that you want because there's enough talent in there too. Enough talent to play around with. So let me ask you, you brought up Herbert again because he's the second round pick, right? So after, so you have Lawrence and Fields, right? Right. Who's your, who's your <laughs> next quarterback? And would you take him in the first round of rookie draft? Who's your next quarterback? I got Lawrence Fields and then Wilson. Um, okay, who's uh, your fourth? Let's go top five. You it's it, it, it's going to be Lance and then uh, – is it fucking Jones after that? Oh, no, that would be the five. Mac, it's Mac Jones. What are you, like Mel Kuyper over here? Who are you in the, in the – in the, uh... Now, which one of those guys would you take in the first round of a rookie draft in a two-quarterback league? Would you take both of them? Taking Fields, I'm taking Lawrence in no particular order. I'm taking Fields, Lawrence, yeah. and after that, um, and then and then Wilson in the first round. You would take Wilson mid to bottom, bottom first round. You take Wilson, debatable, maybe debatable. it's debatable because he's or, or at the very of, top because the, the risk, right? Right, but okay. if he's sitting there at the top of the second, I'm taking him, okay. Yeah, I understand that, which is funny. That's going to happen, that's going to happen a lot for the people who let Herbert slip. You're going to see a lot of that. And I think that's going to be hilariously funny. Um, what about you? Why. So you know, um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I get it. I, 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 I totally understand where people are coming from, and and especially like those quarterbacks. I honestly can tell you that I wouldn't touch any of those three quarterbacks. I'm not taking any of them. So, um, not uh, your person, not your person. Not even in your personal draft, but right now, would you take any of them? I I would I would I'll tell you this, right? I would rather trade back, right, and take Kyle Trask later on. Interesting, right? Interesting, right? Right? That's I, I mean, because I I think uh, I think uh, the great part is is like there was a league trade that just went down. I'm getting a phone call about it. I'm trying not to can, look at it. Can, but can no, you but silence but, it? 
it's it no, but it's hilariously funny because that's that's the reason why the phone's going off because it, it's that's why it's funny because we're talking about dynasty and trades are going on left and right. Um, well, Trask I like because if I'm going to take a risk, and I think all three of those quarterbacks you named have bigger risks than I'm willing to take as a honestly in a quarterback position. I can just trade back and maybe a guy like Trask, you know, you know, I can get later on depending on, you know, obviously where he lands and stuff like that. But there's been so many first round quarterback plus like in the NFL. And I, I, I read the upside on both of them. Like I know the upside for Wilson and Lance, but I also know the negative on both of them. And it's enough to make me not want to take that risk. Even in a two quarterback league, I mean, unless unless you got multiple picks, and that's fine. Like you know, you could take the risk on that guy, and absolutely. But I I don't think it's necessary. I honestly would rather take the pick and trade for a guy you know, and you know, who's already on a roster than you know, take one of those those guys because I think the risk is there. Um, you know, small school guy. One's a small school guy, and one's a guy with one year production, right? That's pretty much what you're selling me right there with that. I mean, I see the upside, but again, a floor ceiling guy. I just don't see the floor on those two players. Like, I think the floor could be so. Atrocious. So I guess when when you ask me a question, right? Yeah. But but hold on, you ask me a question. Give me your top five quarterbacks. Yeah. And my so I gave you my top five quarterbacks, yes. right? Yeah. But then you said, then you said, I'm gonna wipe my ass with your quarterbacks. Um. <laughs> So what do you want me to do here? I just, I, I just, I just I, I'm not going to wipe my ass with your quarterbacks. I'm personally not going <laughs> to take the risk on them, but I understand the upside, right? So, I mean, we're playing devil's advocate here, right? And that's the whole thing about logic, right? That's the whole thing that we talk about all the time. Like there's two sides to look at it. You see all the upside, right? You see Trey Lance, right? So Trey Lance, what do you, what do you see in Trey Lance? All right. What's, what's Trey Lance bring to the table? The rushing? Right? Is that I, right? I, I, I yes, and that's a part of the new the new football climate. Hmm. That's that's a part of the new quarterback climate where as a collective throughout the league, it's becoming not I don't want to call it the trend, but I wanna say that the dynamics are out there enough that the that the running quarterback or the running passing quarterback can do well. And it wasn't just kind of the one-offs. I think. So no, you. It's funny that you said that. So you're right. It's actually the same logic I use for wide receivers. The reason why the running quarterback, because he has a safer floor. Because even mm-hmm. if he's not a great pure passer, like Lamar Jackson, right? He can throws, but he can run, right? So he can bail some of that stuff out. And I 100 agree. And and I see that, Lance. Like I see that. I mean. So I think I, a part of that. Yeah. My concern with that, though, is that they have shorter windows. Those quarterback types have shorter windows in the league for durations where you're used to a pocket passer who can give you 10. The The running quarterbacks may give you a five to seven. It, depending on who you are. I mean, the, the, some of these guys are starting to learn a little bit more how to slide. Like I know Kyler Murray, right? You watch Kyler Murray. Right. He's mm-hmm. a big out of bounds guy, right? Slide guy, right? Jackson has gotten better at that. Jackson's a guy who literally just goes for it every, like, goes trying to get the extra yards, 
right? What would you rather have? The guy who reaches out for the first down and gets it? Or a guy like Kyler Murray who maybe comes out two yards short, but he doesn't get lit up like a Christmas tree? Like, you see what I mean? Like, if you take that approach, yeah, you can obviously play longer because you're not taking those, you know, bigger random hits. And they're usually smaller guys, so. Um, well, that's just know. it. When you have a quarterback running at full speed, but he's still on that smaller side and he's about to get buried by a safety, even if he's sliding or whatever. I mean, you've seen you've seen some pretty nasty concussions. You've seen some nasty welds to these guys. And, you know, Lamar has a bigger frame that he could do it. But, you know, Lamar reminds me of, of a Roethlisberger type with better running skills. Wow. Roethlisberger? No way. Roethlisberger is one of the tougher guys in the league. That guy gets abused. That guy gets he abused. does. He stands well, in the pocket, the... shakes off tackle. He's like... He's like the toughest, toughest quarterback to bring down. He just stands there like a tree, like the old Drew Bledsoe. Like, come get me if you think you can take me down, right? But it works. I mean, no, it's funny because those guys still work in the NFL, and that, and that's where, like, and that's where I, you know I like Fields. You know, and a lot of stuff you read, Fields is you know the fourth quarterback. Like, like he's you know he's behind, you know he's behind your boy, you know your boy Lance and Wilson. And I see the upside, right? And that, but that's the great part about stuff like this. And you know, pre-rookie stuff, and and even you know, you know, post NFL draft, like everyone's got their opinion. Everyone looks on both sides of the coin. Like you're looking, you know, you're looking on the ceiling, and I'm like, and I'm showing the floor. Like, I'm, I'm, am I shitting on your quarterbacks? No, but I'm gonna point out stuff to you that, like, hey, is the other side. Like, let me ask you this: You like Easton, Easton Stick, right? You like Easton Stick, right? Quarterback. Uh, so I, I lost the connection again. Oh, so East, this East, is gonna be. This is gonna be fun. So Easton. This Stick, is gonna be really fun to record. I do remember Easton Stick. Okay. What if I told you that, you know, Trey Lance, who basically replaced Easton Stick, had similar numbers? A little bit. Lance had a little bit more rushing, about 300 300 more yards for anyone that's rushing. But every other Uh, number, very, very similar. You see the floor? mm Mm-hmm. That's all I'm pointing out. But you, you, but your upside, absolutely. But that's the draft strategy, and that's actually the actually the Twitter poll I put up today. Was are you going? Are you going ceiling in the draft in the rookie draft? Or are you going floor? There's no wrong way to do it. There really isn't. I mean, floor has worked for me, but I've seen other owners who ceiling works for them, right? But you definitely should see both sides in every player. Like if you're like, oh, well, I like this, I'm like. Well, have you seen this? Well, yeah, I don't care about that. I'm like, well, you should care a little bit. Like, don't be blind to it. On, on the same opposite side, like, I mean, I could be, you know, dead wrong about fields. Like, I could see, you know, a pocket, you know, pocket pass like fields. Like, people could be right. I don't think so. Right. But... So, so one thing, one thing that we, I always try to be mindful of is, is time. Uh, and I think we're is not on my side today. No, no, it's not. We're we're approaching that that wrap up point, Tom. Oh, so no, it's all it's all good. We got plenty more rookies to just you know. We really do. <laughs> I think it's gonna be ceiling floor. Me and you all season. This is gonna be great. I mean, you, yeah, it's great ceiling floor. Here it comes. We're go- we're gonna be all over the place uh, within reason, of course. Uh, so <laughs> we'll um, see about that. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you give us? A quick two cents of like what what this class is for you and and what uh value what you are this class is value because I think there's a lot of very similar I think there's a lot of ceiling floor guys right so I think you can get value trading back and taking a cheaper 
right? I'll call it a dart throw, right? Cheaper. I like three guys. Maybe, maybe, maybe you slide back and you don't take the top guy on your board. You take three, right? But that's what we talk about tiers. Like, and that's what I'm saying. You, if you like one player, fine, go get him. And that's why I like, you know, I like to do tiers. I like to go, well, I, I would like one of these three guys in the first round, right? And that way, maybe I can get a value on the third guy, you know, compared to the second guy. And I think there is this in this draft. I think this draft is actually harder if you're rebuilding. I'm like, I think you so, have to hit on upside. Like, I, if you're rebuilding, you're, you know, and you're not taking like a, you know, a Pitts or, you know, or, or a Lawrence, I, I think, you know, you could sell me take Smith and I'd be like, yeah, I can see why. I can absolutely mm-hmm. see why that could jumpstart your franchise. It could also bring right. back a year, but it could jumpstart it. So I, there's a lot of fun that's going to be in this draft because of the Beautiful. ambiguity. So, the, so I'll, I'll give you my two minutes, uh, less. Last two cents because you uh, you were talking about the uh, you were talking about up, going to get you guys. Price went up; it's like a quarter nowadays. <laughs> so I am I am going to just keep tailoring my draft this year based off of the strategy that I was kind of putting putting ahead uh, as we were talking about in our previous episodes. Kind of building out that 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 draft strategy, the the offseason with that offseason toolkit that we were talking about. But really, this draft class to me is everything about just going to get you guys and just figuring out a way to take your guys and get the best value for them. Yeah, I mean you're right. That's and there's and there's a lot of that out there. You know, it's just picking your spots on them. Like you know, picking your spots. That's why you know I've asked people, I've talked to people, like you know. And it's 50-50. Like I said, some people like to go get their guy. Some people like to minimize risk and, you know, there's different things. But that's what makes the leagues – that's what makes every fantasy league fun. Like, I always tell people the same thing. Like, I'm wrong about guys. I'm right about guys. But if we all just like the same guys and didn't like the same guys, like, all right, well, it wouldn't work. So you need both sides. Like, that's why, mm-hmm. that's why it works great. You know, your ceiling and the guys you talked about were all high-ceiling guys. And I'm like, yeah, did I rip it them a little bit? No, but I just showed you the floor that I see. Like, that's, that's the big difference. Like, okay, so you start seeing, oh, I see the ceiling. I might start the floor on a guy and say, all right, I went to a floor and then ceiling. So, but that's that's what you look at. And that's the fun. Like, you can dial in and see that group in tier. And, like, you can put a group of guys in the tier. And you named off a, a tier of guys high upside. And I named off a tier of guys with, you know, you know good floors. I, and that's the fun of it to, this time of year. That's the fun of it. And then to see if they move up and down, getting close to the draft, you know, maybe you can try to trade up in your draft now and get position. You know, I we'll think, talk about that I, later on. I think the, the, the thing that we could close out with, with this class uh, and just like any other class is that there is no, there's no one person that you have to have. Pitts, you can have Lawrence Pitts, Lawrence, <laughs> why after why that, must you after, always after do that, that after that after you that, all... <laughs> so um uh, pit pit you know either way even if i said there's always one guy you've got to figure out a way to go to the opposite side with me so <laughs> so fuck you <laughs> so I, <laughs> so i do pits is probably one of the guys that i'm going to key in on lawrence you know if i were to give you my top three Chase Lawrence Pitts. Yep. Yep. So I don't buy with that. I agree. 
I agree. After um, that, sure, go ahead. After, go that, that. after that, go nuts. Have, have Whoever you blast. like. It's all preference. It's all personal have preference after that. Go to town. Right? And, and uh, when you can do that, when you can do that in these drafts, like last year's draft was kind of like shock. You can see the first round kind of obviously. This draft's going to be awesome. This is going to be so much uh, fun because it, it's, it's great. That's where you're going to find value in random stuff, and it's going to keep you in check. And you know you're going to have to be on your feet. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Excited for this. Uh, I'm I'm excited as well. So I you know keep the excitement going and keep listening to us. You know have a, have a good day. Always a pleasure. Always.